But right now, we're going to dive into Daniel, and this is our second installment. We're getting Daniel in three installments. And you may know this, that we're in a series called From Dust to Glory. It's an Old Testament survey, so we're walking through all the books of the Old Testament. And so we're going to be finishing up that service, not today, but next week. And by the way, I'll remind you this at the end of the service, but um, next week, no physical service. We're online only on the 4th of July as we finish up from dust to glory. But keep this in mind as we hear from our good friend, Pastor Dean, that it's our desire that you would know the word of God so that you can know the will of God so that we can all help change the world for God. Let's check out Pastor Dean. Daniel 5, let's jump right into it, verse 1. King Belshazzar made a great feast. Now, who's King Belshazzar? That's the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem he brought that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines not drink from them. He is literally just mocking God. He's got this great big party going on. He's like, hey, go get all those gold cups and vessels that my, my grandpa got out of, Bible, uh, out of Jerusalem and bring them in here, and let's just start drinking from them. Now, people have asked me, do you think this is a vision? No. I think this happened because the Bible says, and all of a sudden, a hand began writing on the wall. And there have been so many times in my walk with Christ that I've said, God, please, just write it on the computer, grease board, chalkboard, put paint on the wall. I don't, just speak to me. Well, I didn't want him to speak the words that he just spoke to this king, though. So he sees these words, and he's like, ooh, what, 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 what's that mean? And of course, nobody could interpret it. But then there was this one guy named Daniel who could. Go to Daniel 5, verse 24. And here we see the interpretation. Then from his presence, this is Daniel, and from his presence, the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many, tekel parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Many. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. You're going to be so prideful, so boastful about who you are, just like your granddaddy, your kingdom will fall. Tekel, you've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Do you remember back in that statue? Daniel, I mean, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was gold. Who was next? Medes and the Persians. So what did Daniel just say? And it's been divided up to who? Medes and the Persians. Skip down to verse 30. That very night... When? That night, that very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed. Here we go, here we go. And Darius, the Mede, received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Now, I need you to understand something. Here's the statue that we looked at in, in chapter 2. We know that this is Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. But then we know that he said the Medes and Persians are going to take over in 539. So guess what year it is now? 539, and they took over. But I need you to understand something about the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians took over in a different way. 
They just circled the city with thousands to ten thousands of soldiers and said, you have a choice. It'd be like this. It'd be like me being in my front room watching a Clemson game. 500 to 1,000 Carolina fans circle my house and say, you have a choice. Either you die or you become a Carolina fan. Go Cox. Okay, it'd probably take something like that for me to become a Carolina fan. But that is the way. So they would circle a city and say, you got two choices. Either you serve us and be like us. What was the second option? Or die. Most people went with option one. Very good. Same thing here. Now, that night, Darius shows up, kicks butt, takes name, and he is now the king of Babylon, just as Daniel had said would happen. All right. He is around Daniel and is so impressed with Daniel, he said, I'm going to make him the highest ranking government official I have. Now think with me. And don't, don't act all spiritual. Some new guy shows up at work. He's from another country. Not even from here. And he is the right hand man to the owner of the company. How are you going to take it? So now they want to get rid of Daniel. He's the highest ranking official. That guy that walked 880 miles. Who's he? Uh Uh-uh. Now listen, listen. How are we going to get at him? Let's get at him through his God. Are you so faithful to God that if somebody wanted to get at you, they'd do it through God? He's so faithful. They said, I'll tell you what we could do. We could come up with a way to tell him he's got to worship something else or pray to something else besides his God, and we'll get him. So they go to the king and say, we believe you should make a, a decree that everybody has to fall down and worship to you. Go to Daniel 6. Daniel 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom. Okay? That's where we saw him putting over the kingdom, Daniel. Now, skip, keep going. This, that chapter 6 is just Daniel in the lion's den. And here's the funny thing about Daniel in the lion's den. Most people know that Daniel was in the lion's den. Okay. Why? Don't, don't say it out loud, but if you, why was Daniel in the lion's den? If you know, raise your hand. See, that's what I'm saying. Most people are, yeah, he's in the lion's den. Why? Lion bait. I mean, you don't even have a clue. So I really want to talk about today. So Darius said, all right, you have to bow down and worship. Go to verse 7. 6, verse 7. All the high officials of the kingdom... Prefects and the satraps and the counselors and the governors agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce the injunction that whosoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Wait a minute. So the government was telling who you could worship, who you couldn't worship, and how you would worship. Pastor, that, that, that kind of stuff will never happen. I've had people say this. That, that'll never happen in the United States of America. Really? Really? So when they took prayer out of schools, what did we do? Nothing. When they said you can't pray at a football game, you can just have a moment of silence to your God, not the God, what did we do? Nothing. And what's happening now? Nothing. They're trying to take away who we worship. Guys, I'm not... I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I just want you to be prepared for what I believe is coming in the future. Okay? They did it then. They'll do it now. Why? Because the Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion prowling, looking for someone to devour. Come on, church, are you with me? And they said, hey, let's go after Daniel and his God. 
Verse 10, Daniel 6.10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber. Oh, listen, listen. Open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Do people know that you are such a man or woman of God that if they try to take your God away that you'd do the same thing you'd done before? Or would you just blend in? Now, it says that he prayed towards Jerusalem. Why would he do that? This is where when you begin to learn the Bible and you begin to put the pieces together that the Bible will really come alive for you. All right, Daniel begins to pray. Why? Because they knew he was going to pray. They knew he was going to pray. So then, of course, those high-ranking officials, they go tell, oh, king, guess what Daniel's doing? The very thing you said they can't do. He's up in his room. He's laying, kneeling down three times a day. He's praying, king. And king, you remember what you said? That you would throw him in the lion's den if they did that. King Darius don't want to do that, but he's already made the decree. Daniel 6, verse 19. Then at break of day, the king got up. The king arose and went into the house of the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tongue of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, serve the living God. Has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said to the king, Oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. I can see Daniel down there kind of petting that lion and it purring like a little kitty cat. And that's what God does. My God sent angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. So what's the king do? Listen, listen. He takes the high-ranking officials, their wives, and their kids and throws them into the lion's den. What's the point we see here? When you are faithful for God and stand up before people, God takes notice and so do other people. And so do other people. But also I want you to see here that when we sin, it affects those around us. Ask those high-ranking official wives and kids if it affected them as they're being kitty bait. Go to Daniel 6, verse 25 now. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear. Listen, listen. Before the God of Daniel. Do you think Daniel, listen. Do you think Daniel thought we'd be here today talking about him thousands of years later? No. He just knew that he was radically in love with God and they weren't going to tell him who he could worship and how he had to worship. He was going to stand up regardless of what they thought. And God was willing to take someone who was willing to do that so that we could have a witness thousands of years later so that we could be more like Daniel, not like the world. Someone saw holler amen one time. Come on, that's what you got to learn to stand up when nobody else will for what you believe. Why? Because what you believe dictates the way you live your life. And if you look at God as just a God for the beginning and a way for you to get to heaven, you're going to live the way you want during the middle and you will get so off course. Chapter 7. Chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream until the summer, the sum of the matter. 
Daniel declared. Let me say this real quick. I think only one other time in 16 years have I read an entire chapter of the, of, of the Bible and taught it. But Daniel 7, Daniel 2, Daniel 7, next week 10, 11, 12, all fit perfectly together. So I asked them to sing a little bit less so that I could have a little bit more time. And we're just going to focus the rest of the morning on Daniel 7. And we're going to read every verse so that you understand it because it is so paramount. Daniel declared, verse 2, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring. What's the four winds of heaven? North, south, east, and west. Four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. God has power over all elements. So he has the wind stirring up the great sea. Now, remember, Daniel has a vision. He is watching all of this, and he's trying to write down, without a computer, without graphics, without videos, he's just trying to write down what he saw. Can you imagine how difficult that would be? So as he's writing down what he saw, remember, he's not writing it to you. Who's he writing it to? The first century, the exiled Jews in Babylon. Keep going. Verse 3, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a, like a what? Bear. What was the first one? A lion. What's the second one? Bear. Here we go. It raised up, on, raised up on one side, raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told to rise, devour much more flesh. After this, I looked, and behold, another, like a, like a leopard. What was the first one? Lion. What was the second one? Bear. What's the third one? A leopard. These are important. With four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth that devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, and this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man. And a mouth speaking great things. Holy cow. Daniel just saw all this and he's trying to write it down. Who could stand up and tell us what all that means? <laughs> I can. Here we go. Let's do it. Here's the statue that we saw in chapter 2. Remember, chapter 2 and chapter 7 bleed into each other. Next week, chapters 10, 11, and 12, we're going to do what? They all just flow together, okay? In this statue, we saw there was Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, then we saw there was the Greeks, the Romans, and then we saw another kingdom. What was that other kingdom? God's kingdom, very good. And that kingdom will never fall apart. That kingdom would rule forever, and we saw that. Now, we're back again to the statue, but now he's added more to it. The first was like a lion. Okay, what was the lion? That was Babylon. It said that it would have its wings clipped, it would lose its mind, and it would walk around like a man. Who is he describing? 
King Nebuchadnezzar. Do you remember the great tree dream? And that he would fall, he would lose his kingdom, and he'd have the uh, mind, and that he'd be out in the... That's exactly what he saw, and it happened just like he said. Okay, first one was the bear, and the bear is who? Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. What was the second animal? The bear. Here we go. And the bear is who? The Medes and the Persians. If you remember, it stood up on its side. It was the Medes, and they had a partner, and who were the partner? The Persians. Very good. There was what in its teeth? Very good. Three. What are those three? Those are three great victories over great kings. I had the dates. I had, I just, guys, I ain't got time. So just, just remember, that was three great victories. Now, it said, and you shall go devour more flesh. What's it mean by devour more flesh now that you know what, the, what, what it was in its teeth? It's more kingdoms. It's more victories. Did the Medes and Persians go kick butt and take name? Did they take over a lot of kingdoms? Yes, they did. Very good. What was the first beast? Lion. And who was that? Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. The second one was bear, and it was the Medes and the Persians. Now, what was the next one? Very good. You have a leopard. All right, that's Alexander the Great. Now, if you remember, Alexander the Great took over the conquered, the known world in just 20-some years. Think with me. Taking over the known world that fast? So then what would represent someone who did something so fast? A leopard. Why a leopard? Because they're so fast. Very good, very good. And that is exactly what the wings represent. You did this in such a great speed, in such great form. But there was also four heads. What were the four heads? If you remember, and we talked about this a year ago, and you won't, but remember these names because we'll be talking about this again next week and in the future. After he died, King, uh, King, after Alexander the Great died, his kingdom was broken up into four different generals. Those four generals, Cassander, Ptolemy, Antagonus, Seleucus. We'll be talking about them in great detail. There's the four heads. So what did the leopard represent? Alexander the Great. What were the four wings? You did it so fast. What were the four heads? The four generals. But then what was the fourth beast? Many would say... It's the Roman Empire, just like it was in the other, other dream, other, the statue, if you will. Now, all right, we saw that this fourth beast, which many would think is the Roman Empire, and then this fourth beast had ten horns. There were ten Caesars. Okay, there were actually twelve, but two of them were only Caesars for two to three months. So in Daniel's vision, he's pointing out the ten great Caesars of the Roman Empire. But then there was the little horn. Man, you talk about some controversy. Some people have said, well, that's Nero. Well, that's the Antichrist. That's a political party. That's the Pope. That's my ex-wife. I mean, there's, there's so many different opinions. I, I've never had an ex-wife. My mind's still sitting there. I'm just throwing out these different opinions, all right? There's no hidden secrets coming out right here, all right? 40 years with my hot-smoking wife. I'm just saying there's all sorts of theories out there, Okay? Which one really matters? Three people just said it. God's. Does God have all this figured out? Yeah, he does. You know how God has all this figured out? Because he was in the beginning, and he's in the end, and he sure can handle all this stuff in the middle. So I'm not going to fight about this. So let's go back to Daniel, chapter 7, 
verse 9, and let's look at what the really good important stuff is. Here's what matters. He's seen all these visions. Fourth beast. What was the first beast? Lion. What's the second beast? Bear. Third beast? Leopard. What's the fourth beast? Roman Empire. There we go. Seven, Daniel 7, verse 9. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Who's the Ancient of Days? It's God the Father. His clothing was white as snow. What's white as snow represent? The purity of God. And the hair of his head like pure wool. What's all that white hair represent? Wisdom. I used to dye my hair. I want you to see how smart I am now. That's why I leave all that gray out there, all right? (laughs) Keep going. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. It's just power. That he has the power to settle all matters. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. What's all that mean? I've read it to you before. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You know how many that is? Thousands of tens to thousands of thousands. Everybody who's ever walked on this planet will bow down before the ancient of days at his throne room. And that includes you. How do you know this, pastor? Because God has shown us the beginning. He has shown us the end. And he's allowing us to live in the middle. That's why you can't take a wrong turn, church. That's good, pastor. It was good. Here we go. Keep going. And the court sat in judgment. And the, say it with me. And the, have we ever talked about these books before? Yeah. Yeah. Luke 10, 20. Just write it down. You have time to turn there. It says, and this is when Jesus, well, read it with me. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. This is when Jesus sent out the 12. And then they, it's in Matthew 10. Then they come back. And they said, hey, you ain't going to believe this. Man, we could say and we could do. And he said, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry that the, subjects, the spirits are subject to you, but you rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Where are they written in heaven? And what's the name of that book? Lamb's book, singular, of life. Let's go to Revelation 20. Write this down if you want to. Daniel gets to see all this. This is so cool. And I saw... The dead. Now, this is John from the island of Patmos, where God gave him a vision of the end also. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. What throne was that? The throne room of God. Do you remember in Isaiah 6 when when we saw the throne room of God? We saw in John the throne room of God. Now we're seeing it again in Daniel. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. How come it says book here singular and books there? Because Matthew 7 tells us very clearly that only a few will enter. But isn't it amazing how the Bible says only a few will enter? But everybody thinks they're going to heaven. No, no. To be in the Lamb's book of life doesn't mean you go to church. It means you are radically in love with Jesus. No, catch this. And the dead were judged. Okay. What's it mean by and the dead were judged? Are we judged for our sin? 
That's all right, I can see it. Huh? We're not judged for our sin? Okay, so here's my question. What did Jesus die for? Which ones? Wait, wait, so if he died for all of them, which ones are we held accountable for? Go read Romans 8.1. It says, for there is no condemnation for us. Why? It's because of the blood of Jesus. So here's my thing. If Jesus took our sin and he was willing to do it the way that he did it, why would you not want to live for him? Why would you want to live a sinful, sinful life and take pleasure in it because you think you're not held accountable for it? Because you're not saved. When you fall in love with him, you can't help but want to live for him. The book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the book. So what are they being judged for? For not being a child of God. Matthew 24, I will separate the sheep from the goats. Come on, church, do you see what the Bible's doing right here before us right now? You see all the pieces coming together. But the majority of you don't know any of this stuff. Why? Because you left all the middle out. You've left all the middle out. So if you think you can leave all the middle out, what makes you think you're going to get to the final destination? Go back to my verse. Judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Daniel is standing in the throne room of God. Catch this. Daniel has read the past. He's reading 1 Kings. He knows the book of Jeremiah. And we'll see that next week, that they're only going to be there 70 years. He knows this. He is living in the now. God has given him a glimpse into just the next few decades, but now God has taken him to the finish line. Oh, how cool would all that be? We'll come back to that in a minute. Back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 11. Daniel 7, verse 11. I looked then because the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking and as I looked, the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. You can write this down if you want to. Go read Revelation 20 this week. See if it doesn't sound just like, we don't have time today, what he's describing. But could that have also have been the Roman kingdom and Nero? Yeah. But could that have also have been, yeah. Well, which one do you think? Don't matter. What matters is what God thinks. And what I do know is that he's going to judge us for how we are in our relationship with him. Are you in love with him or not? And Daniel is standing at that throne room and he's seeing the fourth beast being destroyed. Keep going, verse 13. I saw the night visions and behold, the clouds of heaven. Oh, this is good. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancients of days and was presented before him. Who's the ancient of days? God the Father. Who's the one on the clouds? So what do we see? Jesus coming to the throne room of God. Mark 14. Come on, church, put this together. And the high priest, this is the night Jesus was crucified, and the high priest stood up in the midst and asked, Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? And look how Jesus responds. But he remained. You know, sometimes the best thing we can do is just shut our mouths. And no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? <laughs> and Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power, the ancient of days, coming with 
the clouds of heaven. What did Daniel just say about the Ancient of Days? He's sitting on his throne. And who did he see coming on the clouds of heaven? The King of Kings, Jesus Christ himself. Come on, someone say hallelujah one time. Do you see what the Bible's doing right before us? It's coming together. Guys, that's too good a teaching for you not to be a little bit more excited than you are. Keep going. Verse 14. And to him, now who's the him? He just came on the clouds. Who's the him? And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should do what? Hey, you got a choice to make. You're either going to serve him or you're going to serve Satan in eternity. And that decision is being made with the way you live your life right here. Right here, right now. Because what you believe will dictate how you live your life. And if you think that this book is about you going and reading Genesis, living however you want, and then you get to go take part in Revelation, you need to understand you're wrong. All this stuff in the middle will get you lost. Revelation, I mean, uh, back to Daniel. People, nations, language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not, come on church, be destroyed. Church, we ain't got time for this, but we got to do it. Put your little string right there and fly with me to Revelation 19 real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Revelation 19, Revelation 19, verse 11. And let's see if you think Daniel might have got a little glimpse into this. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. What did he just say Jesus was going to do? He's going to judge. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and his head are many diadems, and his name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Do you understand what, I ain't got time for this, but do you understand what the robe dipped in blood is? That takes us back to the high priest in the temple. Because he is the high priest. Well, first one. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called. Listen, listen, listen. The name that he is called is what? Oh, I don't like reading my Bible. Did you just hear what he called himself? Well, I just don't enjoy reading it. Well, then how in the world can you say you enjoy being radically in love with him? Come on, church. There's something about being in the Word of God because He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word's with God, and the Word was God. See it again right here. Come on. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following Him on white horses. From His mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath, God the Almighty, on His robe, and on the thigh He has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Someone get excited that Daniel is seeing the end and he's giving it to us while he's in the middle. We got to finish, got to finish. Get back to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel 7. Let's go to verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious. Well, if you'd just seen all this, would your spirit be anxious? Whoo! And you got to write all it down? And the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there, an angel, and asked him the truth concerning all this. Can you not see, Daniel? Hey, bro. Man, what's all this mean? What in the world's going on? You're at the end of time. And 
you're watching the king himself return. <laughs> so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. I just do the time. Skip down to verse 23 and let's finish real quick. Thus he said, this angels, for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms. And it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. Does that sound like it could be the Roman Empire? Everyone say yes. What the Roman Empire do to the world? Trampled it down. Could this be Christ coming with his kingdom? Everybody say yes. 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 Could that actually even have been maybe Alexander the Great? Everybody say yes. Yes. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom, ten kings shall rise. Well, that sounds like the ten Caesars. And another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the former ones, and he shall put down three kings. Well, could that have been Jesus himself? Yes. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times and half a time. Does that sound just a lot like the book of Revelation? Yes. Which one is it? Oh, no. He does. But I do know this. He will return because he's shown me a glimpse into the end and he will have us stand before him and say, either I was radically in love with you or I wasn't. And those who are radically in love with him, not those who go to church, will be in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's finish. But the court shall sit in judgment. Come on. And his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. Does that sound like the book of Revelation? It's with, with the Antichrist. Yeah. But could it also sound like Nero with the Roman Empire? Yeah. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Now let me throw another one in there. Could that be Jesus when he came and walked on earth? Yes. Pastor, you're confusing me. Me too. I know. I know. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. And we're done. Here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me. <laughs> they alarmed me too. And my color changed. <laughs> but I kept the matter in my heart. Pastor, how are you going to finish all this? Daniel himself knew the past because he read it. He's living in the now. God gave him a glimpse, a glimpse into the future, and then God took him to the very end. Listen to your pastor as I close. We've read the beginning. We've read the past. God has given us the opportunity to live in the now. He's also shown us what's going to happen in the future. And he's gave us a glimpse into the end. Daniel stood up for it and lived for it. My question to you is, are you going to? There is more proof. Listen, there is more proof that Jesus Christ is who he said he was and walked on the face of this earth than there is proof that George Washington was the first president. But yet you believe he was the president and spend the hound out of them dollar bills, but yet you won't live for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. My question to you is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because if you do, it'll dictate the way you live your life while you're here. Father God, I love you so much. Ah, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the way it comes together. 
And I thank you that you give us the word of God so that we will know the will of God. Come on, church, so that we can change the world for God. And everybody say it.